of the Channel Futures podcast, Coffee with Craig and James. I'm the editorial director of Channel Futures, Craig Galbraith. Joining me, as always, our senior news editor, Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. James Anderson. James, how the heck are you? Craig, I'm feeling great. I'm at my parents' house right now. They've got an espresso machine. I've been hitting that early and often. And you know that I'm ramped up right now, my friend. How are you? Wow. Well, yeah, you've been having a good morning, I can tell, uh, getting the coffee going. Oh, yeah, it's 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 productivity central over here. There was such a dichotomy, however, because as you know, as I mentioned on numerous calls uh, the last couple of days, our coffee machine here actually broke. Which is a tragedy, Craig. It's a tragedy. It, it's not a good situation. And the funny part is that we actually had a second coffee maker, which was exactly like the first one, and it also broke. So we've been putting off just buying another machine because we thought the second one would probably work. And now we, you know, we had to buy the bullet today and we got on Amazon this morning, but it's going to be two more days. So I've been hitting Starbucks. Uh, I've been doing whatever I can to get by. It's, it's been tough. Craig, uh, a little pro tip for you. Duncan, between 2 and 6 p.m., $2 uh, coffees, iced coffees. Really? Yeah. You said p.m.? P.m. <laughs> well, see, I don't really need the coffee. That's why they give it to you for, for that in, in the afternoon. What you do, Craig, is you pull a James, you buy, you buy the coffee in the afternoon, you store it, and then when you think you're done, you just dilute it with more water so you still have more coffee and you can just keep on using it throughout the week. Wow, you're, you're, you're so wired that you're diluting your coffee. It's kind of a, kind of a weird thing, though. Yeah, it's more of like, um, what is the word? Psychosomatic? Uh, I don't know if that's the word, but uh, we'll, we'll go with it for now. Sure. <laughs> All right, buddy. So uh, let's talk about the song choice for today. Uh, it's from 2014, A Little uh, Bush, Man on the Run. Uh, of course, that's because this is episode 114. Uh, we do that thing every time. Uh, and, and I brought up this song because I've mentioned this before in the podcast, but I and the entire channel community love that trot you've got come onto the stage at our event. So it made, it made me think of this song, Man on the Run. You know, there's something terrifying about walking slowly to, you know, wherever the X on the stage is. It's like, <laughs> people are waiting for me to get out here. And am I, am I really going to keep them waiting? Not that, like, not that they want to see me that bad, but just I don't think they want to see me walking and, and, you know, not taking things with a sense of urgency. So, you know, I think it's important to find cardio where we can find it, Craig. Oh, right, right. 
Yeah, and it, it's always difficult to time it with the music, right? And the, maybe the last guest that has come off of the stage, the last speaker. So you're trying to avoid that awkward time where the music's going on too long or the, the person is off stage already by the time you go out there. It's one of those things. So I understand. Yeah, sometimes you just got to trot, you know? I don't know. Do uh, I, like, I like the trot. It's in between a, a jog and a walk, right? Is that what a trot is? I think so. A gallop. I, right. I think you're right. And it's, in, it's important to keep that balance because, I mean, that's inevitably if I go faster, I will bit it on stage. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah we, don't, we don't want that. We, we don't want to have to roll in the ambulance for you, have it standing by. Probably not. <laughs> All right, my friend. So uh, tell me what you've been up to. Uh, tell our casties. Uh, you said you're up in the uh, great Northwest uh, here for a little bit. Yeah, I'm in what we what we in the industry call the PNW, Pacific Northwest, uh, here with family. I'm actually planning on moving out in that direction in a couple months. So I'm just right. out uh, the location and um, getting a feel for things. Uh, what's new with you? I love that. You know me. I'm a native of Washington State, so uh, I like the great Northwest myself. I'm sure you're going to settle in uh, very well. Of course, you got to become a fan of all the sports teams there. I know it's hard when or you move to a new place. We tend to have our sports loyalties, but now that you're going to be there, to me, you got you got to develop a love for like the Mariners who are playing pretty well this year. You know, Craig, I'm open to being a Seattle Sounders fan. Oh. And- I'm a loyal to death Detroit sports fan. And, you know, I'm accommodating. I'm, I'm like friendly to the people in Chicago, um, but uh, I'm I am 100% Detroit for us, everybody. Well, of course, you know, we, we hang into our love uh, from our childhood, I think, when it comes to sports. I've, you know, I've been here in Arizona for 15 years and uh, I'm OK with the Arizona teams, but uh I'll, I'll root for him against other other teams, I suppose, but never against my uh, true loyalties, which lie uh, lie in the Northwest. Oh, you love your Seahawks and and your Mariners. There's no doubt about that. I do, I do. All right, well, that sounds great, James. Looking forward to uh, seeing you move uh, to the Northwest full time. That'll be good. Give us uh, some more things to talk about. I, I like that. We're kind of getting into conference season, aren't we? Aren't we always in conference season? At least it feels like it, which is a good thing. It's true, but sometimes. We like to ratchet up to a 11. We're doing that for sure. So we talked a lot about the Channel Partners Leadership Summit on our last podcast. You know, so many great leadership keynotes and education sessions to be a part of. This time, it's a preview of the MSP Summit, which is really the bulk of the event coming up. That's September 13th through the 16th, of course, in Orlando. Uh, Much of the MSP Summit portion of the event really kicks into high gear on Wednesday the 14th. It's going to be pretty cool, Craig. Um, I'm really interested in the keynotes. We've been really like fine-tuning it to make sure we get a mix between telecom IT, between MSP and agent on on this first morning keynote. So I'm pretty excited. We got lots of – we got panels on consolidation – we have panels on like developing, adopting new partner models. And we're talking, of course, about the ecosystem, where we mention a lot in this industry. It's going to be very, very uh, fascinating. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So here's uh, a red hot keynote, James, for a potentially cooled off economy that uh, everyone's talking about. Uh, Peter Kajawa of Service Leadership, a ConnectWise solution. 
He's going to take the stage with advice on keeping a business strong during times of high inflation, higher interest rates, supply chain disruptions, all kinds of other stuff like that. And the big final keynote of that day is all about MA and how it's reshaping the partner landscape. Our very own Allison Francis, she is the MSP reporter, and she leads the MSP 501 Awards program. She's going to moderate that with some of the MSP 501ers, and, and they're going to have some great insights into the topic of M&A, as many of them are quite active in acquiring companies. Is it time to buy, sell, or hold? Good question. Good question. Yeah, Allison's really our MSP guru around here, a gourette. Is that a word, gourette? I'm going to make it a word. I think it's, you know, functionally, it is a word, you know. It works. It works. Okay. And we can't talk about this event, of course, without bringing up the annual MSP 501 Gala. Uh, James, it is so great uh, to see all of those MSP 501ers get together in one room for a dinner, a celebration. I, I love going to that event. How about you? It's really awesome. Whenever they let me, the the agent guy in, it's a lot, a lot of happy faces. It feels like, I mean, a little bit like the Oscars, you know, like the Oscars yeah. of, well, I guess now when I say Oscars, we associate it with certain shenanigans, but, uh, you know, <laughs> um, that doesn't happen at the gala. I, I won't, I won't smack you if you get up on stage. No worries. <laughs> Thanks, um, but it's a good time. And I think a lot of people, they dress up for it and it's, it's a cool event to, to have your company recognized and being given that sort of honor. It's not something that like the partner community is getting as much, you know, where they're like yeah. we put front and center. I think it's really cool. Yeah, a lot of smiling faces. So, uh, one of my favorite moments is when uh, everybody gets up there on stage and gets their picture taken in mass. It's, uh, yeah, I wouldn't want to be the photographer for that. That's got to be a challenge, right? You got to really have your wide angle lens going for that one. That lens is stretched. Uh, let me tell you. <laughs> That's for sure. That's for sure. All right, James. So uh, we're looking forward to that event, of course. I do want to tell you one other thing uh, that we're looking forward to, at least I am. And I'm going to warn you about this right now, but I'm going to dip my toes back into the game lab. Game lab? Yeah. No way, dude. I love when you go into the game lab. You yeah, we haven't, we haven't done this for a while, so uh, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, my gosh. What's, so what's, on, what's on tap? No, no way. You're you're not getting any warning about this, buddy. Uh, you always, you're always putting me on the, on the, on the B. What's it called? The B segment. In the B we, block. Ah, uh, you always put me on the B block, man. You know, I actually try and and put a little more meat in the A block, and, and we get at least through the first interview uh, before we start getting into all kinds of crazy shenanigans. So, the few Picasties out there who are really interested in meat rather than shenanigans. Uh, can at least get something out of the podcast before they turn us off. This is what kills me about you, uh, you legacy TV journalists. You're always you're always teasing stuff, you know. Oh, but yeah. I, I, I have to write leads and stuff. I have to like tell people what happens at the beginning, you know, inverted pyramids. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, you know, I, I respect your, uh, your your play. Oh, we've got a we've got a term for what I what I do with those teasers. It's called anticipointment. You know, it's a cross between anticipation of like, ooh, what's this going to be? It's going to be so great, and then disappointment when you actually find out what it is. Yep, that's uh, how a lot of my Tinder dates feel. <laughs> I, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Okay, one of the truly great parts of our podcast uh, really is our guests, and we say this uh, all the time. But we got a couple more great ones today. Uh, why don't you set up the first one for us, James? 
Yeah, uh, Lynn D. Tinney, she joined Zayo earlier this year, Craig. Man, the years are bleeding together. Um, but she is leading the channel at Zayo. She's kind of sparked this resurgence in the way that they channel integrate. And they, they get that direct sales team collaborating more with the partners. And she's been really big in shifting that culture. So a great person for the channel, definitely definitely an advocate um, on the, uh, the service provider side. So excited to hear from her. Yeah, I am as well. And let me just say, I love how you introduce her here with her middle initial, you know, to make sure we don't get her confused with any other Lynn Tinnies out there. So I, I, I kudos to you for that. Oh, they're, they're, a, they're a dime a dozen. No, there's a Can lot of them. Got to differentiate. <laughs> Can you start referring to me as Craig A. Galbraith? Or you're not even the last name. You can just say Craig A. That's fine. Is that cool? I think that's I think that's quite quite fair. <laughs> All right. I'm just giving you a hard time, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's dive into this interview uh, we did with uh, Lynn. Really excited to welcome on to the cast Lynn D. Tinney. She is the Senior Vice President of Global Partners at Zayo Group. She joined, uh, I think, gosh, it's been a long year. I think she joined earlier this year, 2021, 2022, kind of fading into one, but uh, joined earlier this year and has kind of really played a key role in really supercharging what Zayo has been doing in the channel. And we're going we're gonna to hear a little bit about what that all entails. Lynn, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm pleased to be here. Lynn, great to have you. Uh, I recall we did a, a little video, so now we're doing audio here. We did that video a few months ago, so good to talk with you again. Indeed, it was a great video too, and uh, um, I we, we had fun with it. I enjoyed it. We did, we did, for sure. Well, Lynn, why don't you kick off by uh, talking a little bit about uh, Zayo and the channel today. It seems like there have been a number of changes our partner audience should be aware of. I know we've done some reporting on it on channelfutures.com, but, uh, you know, get into that a little bit, kind of set up the conversation if you would. I certainly will. I, we're really proud of it. I did come in uh, really at the start of this, uh, the year um, in January 1st, so I'm wrapping up my first six months here. It feels like it's, uh, there's just been so much good work, so it feels like it's a little longer than six months, but all for good reasons. Um, First of all, you know, we've got a little bit of bragging rights. Um, our channel business is growing and it's double digit growth. So we're very proud of that. To be frank with you, it's uh, the result of resources, attention, commitment and coordination, kind of the what I consider the foundational elements of when you ever want to drive any part of your business. And it really points to not just one single person, but what, you know, our private equity firms, our executive management team, um, the people who are my resources and functions around me that really have turned and gotten the engine going for channels. And I would, you know, I'd like to say it was some, you know, great magic wand, but it's not. It's just the grind out hard work that uh, when Zayo made the commitment, we stepped up to do. So um, we're starting to feel it. We certainly are feeling it with our customers. We're feeling it with our partners. Um, and some of the things that, you know, to be specific, that our partners should be looking out for that really keep them abreast of what Zayo is up to for our partners and for the customers that are served by our partners. We have a great webinar series. We launched it in April right before Channel Partners, and we've continued that. So that is a session that we run, and it's they're brief. Uh, we run them about once a month. We have covered everything from 
QoS by Zeo, which is our managed and SASE solutions that we acquired in January. We also featured our Zeo Enterprise Solution, which is really our metro architecture strategy, something very new for Zeo. An overall program update, which I think our partners just quite frankly deserve because we've made so many changes. And then um, doing a workshop that's really designed about our API strategy. And then what we expect what will happen from there is you know, several of our masters and our big key partners, we're going to be doing more surgical meetings with each one of those to make sure that we're at where we both should be on those. It sounds like pretty straightforward housekeeping, but it's the stage we're at. And, you know, kind of back to that, you know, resource attention, coordination and commitment. You know, this is kind of the the meat and potatoes of partnering, if you will. So we're getting through those things. So those webinar series are really the things that, you know, will keep any partner on the heartbeat of what we're doing here. And then um, if you don't mind, I can steal just a few more minutes on this one. Very proud that Zeo has just launched its very first partner incentive. It's something that's really been foreign to Zeo, um, but we pushed and got approval to do that. We launched it last week, in fact, because we didn't want to miss kind of the good hard press for uh, June close. Uh, but it will run through Q3, so through September 30th, and it's really targeted at new logos. And in fact, the more new logos that we do together with our partners, the more attractive that incentive becomes. So again, that's up on our website. Your masters have the details of that. And of course, your channel partner managers um, have any of the gory details on that to boot. So those are some, like, that's the nitty gritty. If uh, someone wants to know, kind of keep the pulse on where Zeo is with our partners. Those are two great things to, to be very well aware of. Yeah, thanks for sharing. It's very exciting. We love uh, we love incentives around here. Now, uh, wanting to talk sort of channel integration um, at our Vegas show. I, I know you were. Uh, I think you you had you got sick, uh, Lynn. We missed you. But uh, your CMO Kimberly Storen was talking to us just about this leadership buy-in that's been occurring over the last two years at Zayo around really fully embracing the channel and really elevating the partners. Could you talk about that shift and, and how that's occurred and how that has tackled channel conflict? Yeah. And, you know, I think that, first of all, Kim's just a great CMO. And it was just great that she mentioned that and, and really dug into it. You know, we're not afraid of knowing who we are and what we what history we came to the table with. And the shifts that we've made, um, and it was why we came to Channel Partners kind of fully represented it um, from across our really our full leadership team is that we wanted to show that significant shift and that it wasn't, you know, just the channel people showing up at channel partners and preaching, you know, how good we are at partnering. It was really, um, you know, our solution architect leave, Jim Campbell, uh, DJ Leckwald, who's um, customer success, um, Shane Schwab, who has revenue operations, um, Kimberly Storm, CMO, really across the board. And then certainly you should know that, you know, my peers who lead those direct um, go-to-market organization, Derek Gillespie, Brian Daniels and others, and Dan Stahl, who's, you know, has, uh, who's been driving the RNS strategy, have really made those shifts. And, you know, if you looked at my calendar right now, you would see them filled with meetings with our direct organization and the right channel partners and a customer that chooses to acquire and purchase that way um, for various reasons. 
And so we are um, really at the ground level, making those shifts and driving and filling our pipelines, our mutual pipelines that way. And that wouldn't have happened in the past. So the top-down strategy has come through loud and clear. Um, you know, I'm not going to pretend that every once in a while you bump into channel conflict. That's kind of the nature of the beast here. But I would tell you we've made great strides forward in that what I see is that cultural shift that Zale just really needed to make. The one thing I would also tell you is that we have partners that we need to earn that confidence back with. And we're doing that really one partner at a time. You know, that's a that's a personal conversation um, that comes from either myself or from Andreas or from one of my peers. And uh, we're not afraid of those conversations. And I think that that's when our partners really start to feel that shift is when they can call any one of us and they get the same song from the same song sheet. Yeah, good stuff, Lynn. I'm sure that uh, our partner audience loves to hear that. Uh, now, I was going to ask, uh, we're really seeing a lot of vendors these days diversifying their routes to market, uh, some balancing direct and indirect sales. And then within that indirect bucket, some are going through traditional IT distributors and the more traditionally telco-focused uh, technology service distributors, or the formerly known as master agents. And then there are the marketplaces out there. So I guess from a Zao standpoint, uh, what does that diversification look like? Yeah, that's a great question. And first of all, let me tell you, I think that's one of the things we're, we're climbing through here at Zao. Um, you know, I come from the world of the tech datas and the Ingrams, um, you know, from coming from networking and security, and they're great organizations, people who I have learned to respect and see really um, move business and create what I see as a great leg to many partners, uh, you know, in a multiplier effect for us. So I hope to add those to our, um, if you will, diversification and strategy within our own partner program. I would also add the SIs are very important to us, and we're looking at uh, building out stronger relationships there. So I think we should add that to the mix. And marketplace is one of the things that we are looking at. And, you know, what do we do there? How do we do that right? That's a bigger, you know, it's a simple word, but boy, that is, uh, that's not a small commitment. And uh, we want to do that right. Um, I would tell you my primary focus is, is there's so much headroom with who we have right now, um, although we're planning for future years um, because this is a shift for Zao. Um, my priority right now is to work with those partners and my masters who have really st stuck with us and you know demonstrate to them that we're incremental to them because of the nature of how we've changed our go-to-market strategy here. So that'll still be our priority there, but we we have those things on our radar. So you'll see more to come on that one, dot, 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 right? Dot, 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 love it. So talking acquisition, uh, I know a couple of purchases we're uh, familiar with. Uh, one that I think really impacted the channel was the network services provider, uh, you know, SD-WAN specialist QoS networks that was earlier this year. And, and more recently managed network connectivity provider Education Networks of America. So um, I'd love to know a little bit about where um, those two purchases and maybe any other purchases um, fit in strategically within Zayo's efforts. Yeah, and you know, Zayo is a master at acquisitions. It's it's they do it. They do it very very well. Um, it's something that we're proud of. You know, and we're thoughtful about how we do it um, to boot. 
you know, the QoS networks by Zao is a great um, example of how the shift um, Zao has made to be really become more customer first. It certainly adds value um, to serve our customer needs and not just in at the big logo and the big fiber, which is where we're traditionally at, but um, they are very strong in the market as well, have a phenomenal partner um, community of which we are very much looking to fold in. We do have some great overlap there, so they're not a foreign um, they're not a foreign name to us. But it really speaks to moving from the data center to connectivity, you know, out to that secure edge, and that is, I think, plays very much to that shift of being uh, customer first focused. And so QoS Networks uh, was was just a, an obvious and very wise move for Zeo to make. Um, and we're thrilled to have that. And we've already seen, I think it's a perfect marriage in that it's a it's a great plug-in to our portfolio, but it's a great, it's also a great plug-in to our partner community. And, you know, finally we're filling each other's funnels, right? That I think QoS was a smaller organization and we bring a ton of resources and attention that, that they can leverage and um, they bring a unique expertise that we certainly leverage. So it's a great yin and yang. On the E&A front, Zayo has had a long-term commitment to E-rate. Uh, OneTel has been a phenomenal partner with us for several years, and this ENA acquisition really kind of doubled down on that E-rate commitment. And for the, you know, the K to 12 organizations that look for the solutioning that we do, um, that Zao brings to the table for us. If anyone who knows E-rate, it, it's not um, it's not a quarterly adventure or even an annual adventure. It's a, you got to throw a long ball when it comes to E-rate. You have to stay committed to it. Um, and uh, Zayo has been in E-rate for several years. And this ENA acquisition is to me just a double down on that commitment. Um, and I hope that that speaks to not only, you know, again, that customer first perspective that we have. Our E-rate customers are some of our most valued and, um, you know, we're educating the next generations and they, you know, they deserve the high quality connectivity that Zao brings to the table and all of what that includes. And so that commitment to continue to throw the long ball, have a long horizon view on what our customers need is really demonstrated by that ENA acquisition. You know, more to come on that. We know we are we we move through our acquisitions and our mergers pretty quickly, but you'll start to see that as you know the E-rate season starts to you know formulate and bubble up over the summer and and move it into the fall as well. Absolutely, Lynn. Look forward to seeing what uh, more acquisitions might be on the horizon as well. Well, congratulations on all that success, Lynn. And and before we let you go, our listeners will know that we tend to do silly things from time to time. Uh, in fact, that's like half of the podcast. The the interviews are like the meat, the the good stuff, and then and then we fill with a bunch of other goofy stuff. So, James, uh, we kind of got together and and decided we're going to start a new segment called Ridiculous Thoughts. Ridiculous thoughts with Craig and James, and this is perfect, Lynn, because ridiculous thoughts being a cranberry song we were talking about this uh before we started recording is that you're you're a fan of sort of the 90s genre like i am indeed yes yeah so i i know this can be a little intimidating uh to be uh, thrown a really bizarre question uh we managed to find a, a, a website that had all kinds of silly ridiculous thoughts and questions on it so are you ready for this 
I am. Go ahead. Here we go. We're going to spin the wheel and see what question comes up. James, are you Ooh, ready? Oh, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, here we go. Ooh, ooh, ooh. This, this is a good one. I was hoping this one would come out. Come out. Okay. Oh, is it that one? Oh. oh, yeah, it is that one, James. It is. <laughs> okay, so if you were suddenly arrested for no reason and your face was flashed all over the news, what would your family and friends assume that you did? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> what would they assume I did? Yeah, uh, it's not. It doesn't say. It just says breaking news, Lynn Tinney arrested. It doesn't say what for. Uh, so they just see your picture come up there, and and what are they thinking? They're thinking that I probably was at a Red Sox game and made a fool of myself again. <laughs> oh, again? Oh, really? Well, I like that answer. Is there a story to be told here? Right, I got busted this time. They're like, that's what my family would think. <laughs> did I think of that answer way too quickly, Craig? That's what I'm terrified of. <laughs> you kind of did. So is the is the again part, is the embarrassing part uh, something that actually happened, or is it just going to a Red Sox game that would be would be that for you? I think it would be the I have never gotten caught, but they're like, okay, they, it finally caught up with her. <laughs> <laughs> I like wow. it. I like it. Lynn did very well. I think so. Um, surprised uh, that people wouldn't think that she was in trouble for disrupting the market. <laughs> no, sorry. It was, I'm much more dull and kind of salt of the earth than that. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. All right. Well, Lynn, thanks uh, for your time today. Thanks for being a good sport. It's been great uh, learning about everything going on at Zao, and uh, we look forward to seeing you on down the road and appreciate Zao's ongoing support of Channel Futures and uh, the Channel Partners Conference and Expo and our other events. Indeed. Thank you very much both to James and Craig. Love being a part of your podcast and uh, and your video. So have us back again. Well, that was so great. So great seeing you, Lynn. All right, James, another great conversation with Lynn. Uh, and I do have to say, in addition to learning more about uh, Zao, uh, a name that's really been big in the channel. It was many years ago or several years ago, and it seems like we didn't hear that much about them for a while, but Lynn is uh, really on board uh, getting their name out there once again. And I I, sh I would be remiss if I didn't say she was such a good sport with our continuing uh, summer game of Ridiculous Thoughts. Good sport, but apparently maybe not the best sport at those, uh, those Red Sox games, right? That was, that was an intriguing answer. It was an intriguing answer, and I'm not quite sure we got to the bottom of that. We might have to get Lynn back. I'm trying to figure out if she got into like a, a big fight with the Yankee fan or if she like went to the game and she's not a huge Red Sox fan. I couldn't quite figure that one out, but uh, that, that'll be worth a follow-up. Oh, absolutely. All right, James. Uh, so here we go. I teased this in the last block. Uh, this is our game lab. Uh, I think you're going to enjoy this one. Oh, I'm pumped, Craig. I am ready to get competitive here. All right, my friend. So this game, uh, let me give folks a little background uh, here. So you and I are in a uh, fantasy football league, uh, which we've talked about before on the podcast. Uh, it's been going on. This is about the eighth year that we've done this. Uh, it consists of uh, folks who uh, work on the Channel Futures brand as well. Some folks uh, who used to work on the brand and, and some family members and so on and so forth. It's a good time every year, wouldn't you say? Oh, it's a great time, Craig. 
Yeah, and unfortunately, my streak of winning the league three years in a row, I always got to bring this up, but it uh, it uh, went down the tubes last year, uh, which was disappointing, but I, I'm poised for a bounce back. Craig, you're you're nothing if not resilient. You're, you're resilient and you're very conniving when it comes to dance football, and I say that with great respect. And you as well. You as well. I keep expecting us uh, to land in the finals against each other. I think this could be the year. Uh, it, it will be. It would be great if you know. Yeah, if someone hadn't put us in the same division, whoever, whoever that. Oh was. yeah, I kind of did that, didn't I? Yeah. Well, well, we'll see how it goes this year. All right. So the reason I bring this up is that we're actual, we're complete nerds when it comes to this stuff, and we hold a, a, a draft lottery every year to where we spin this wheel I found on the internet. It spins around and. And we determined uh, by that who uh, the draft order of who's going to draft first to last in the league. So I've taken this wheel and I've created a series of dilemma questions uh, for you to answer. Um, it's basically I'm going to spin it. We're going to see where it lands and you're going to answer the question and you're going to say why you answered it that way. And I will say that these questions, for the most part, are I don't want to say rooted in technology or rooted in the channel, um, but they do have tech and channel references. So are, are you ready for this? I, I'm thinking you could get pretty good with these. You know, I'm ready to be surprised, but I hope my training will pay off here. All right. Well, let's uh, let's give it a shot. So I'm going to spin the wheel here. Let's spin it. Okay. Uh, your first one is... Would you prefer to explain tech sold by the channel to a room of five-year-olds for an hour or hang upside down for an hour? Go. <laughs> um, you know, kids are a lot of fun. Um, I don't like having a lot of blood in my face, like rushing to my head. So <laughs> I have a four-year-old uh, nephew, and I, it's hard. I can't work next to him because he always tries to, like, hit my keyboard and like destroy my computer. So that would be tough. I think I would just tell him I write about people who help people get internet, I guess. Right. You you better think this out a little more because you got an hour of hours time to fill. And you know if we got a classroom full of kids, they're all going to be asking you why. Uh, you know, after yeah. every question it's gonna be why? Why? Or because, you know, because why? So uh, if you're choosing that, I, I don't blame you. Standing on your head for an hour, uh, that's that's a challenge. But uh, you're going to have to come up with a, a better game plan. I will say adults are just as incredulous about it as a child. <laughs> They're like, why? Why would you buy? Anyway, so, you know, I don't know. I feel like I'd probably use the exact same flow chart as I use, like, trying to explain to my roommate. Um <laughs> your roommate actually sat in for a session on you trying to explain the channel oh yeah i try to explain it to him all the time he always wants to know i think he's he's starting to get it like i remember i was talking to an s i remember talking to an uh at the sdwan thunderdome at our show back in the day like yeah. there was a question where they would be like how would you explain your technology to a five-year-old and this guy i'm trying to remember who it was i'll remember it later but he was like sdwan lets you watch barney i love you you love me we're a happy which that's cool yeah that's, i could do that you know i could, I could <laughs> <do that. laughs> i like it keeping it keeping it simple or as simple as you can are you ready for the next one let's do it all right spin the wheel 
Okay. Uh, oh, this is a good one. <laughs> All right. Would you rather do some crocodile wrestling or do a PowerPoint in front of the Informa Brass explaining your value to the company? <laughs> <laughs> um, do I get to sort of like be funny? Like, can I sort of like ent- entertain them? Oh, sure. Anything you want. Yeah. You know, maybe I would wrestle and also crocodile wrestling. That's like I'm wrestling a crocodile. That's not like a form of wrestling I'd be doing with another human, right? That, that's correct. We're okay. talking about the actual uh, reptile. Is that what okay. crocodile? Reptile? Like crocodile? I don't remember. Whatever. That is. Crocodile wrestling with humans. I'm imagining like we like have to keep our hands in our pockets and we're just like kind of flopping. <laughs> our um, Little short arms. Yeah, I got you. It'd be fun. Um, but uh, yeah, give me that PowerPoint. Um, I actually like made a PowerPoint presentation the other day for my family. I, I've got this cool new idea for a dating app. And I was like getting really fired up about it. And like PowerPoints are fun. Like I actually want to, there's a lot of millennials that do PowerPoint nights mm. with their friends where they all do <laughs> some silly presentation on something. And it's, it's like, a, it's a big phenomenon. And I want to find one of those groups. So yeah, I'm going PowerPoint, Craig. That is fantastic. That's fantastic. I'm not sure. I'm not sure where I'd go on that, but uh, I don't have to answer these because uh, I'm the one who who made up the game. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's do do the next one. I got two more, just so you know. I got two more, so I don't even know why I'm spinning the wheel because I'm just going to ask you all these anyway. <laughs> Here we go. So, would you rather be stranded on a desert island for a week? Or your work email is your only app, or spend an entire day making cold calls selling chicken nuggets. <laughs> wow. I mean, I think it'd be vegan chicken nuggets, right? No, sure. Okay, so I might. I, it might be a product that I believe in. Um, yeah. So but, they're plant. They're actually plant nuggets. Yeah, I think I think that would work for me. But you know, I don't get the internet, Craig. Like I'm not. Like I can't write on write stories. All I can do is email people. No, right. This is so. <laughs> yes, that is correct. If you're on the desert island, all you can do is email people uh, with Outlook, which is our our work email. All we get is Outlook. Yeah, okay. and that's a week versus a, a day of making cold calls. And oh, I, I truly hate cold calls. I mean, the thing I hate more than anything, Craig, and you might know this by now, is bothering people. And so, like, that's my, my world's worst fear is, like, finding out that I've been annoying or a nuisance to people. So yeah, right. I would rather be – it's like the reverse. Like, my email is usually people hounding me and bothering me about, like, stories and stuff. Right, right. But I would rather be bothered than uh, bother people. So, now I hear you. So you're going with the desert island. I'm going with the deadly island. Yep. Yeah, I, I think I'd go with that too. Also, just because I never really said you had to spend time on on the work app. I think it'd be just nice to get away from you know everything, and even if you were all alone uh, by yourself, just hang out. I think we could all use some use some downtime like that. I think the real torture would be you have to read and respond to every single email you get. Oh, and yeah. Also have to send like a otherwise like you have to, a, a red receipt will be sent if you don't. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like that's. I, I, I think. Uh, yeah. In that case, I might actually choose the, the cold calling. Uh, you just have to come up with some creative way to uh, sell chicken nuggets to, to people over the phone. And that might be that might be difficult. Right. It's kind of a dying art form. Yeah, it is. It is. All right, buddy. You ready for the last one? 
let's do it. I'm, I'm having a good time, Craig. So uh, here's the last one. Would you rather eat a sandwich consisting of three foods you despise or watch two consecutive hours of The Real Housewives with no distractions? Um, Pretty easy for me, Craig. I got to be honest yeah. with you. You know, so I'm imagining this would be onions. I mean, I just I really despise onions. It'll probably just be then, different. Then it's gotta be the strongest onion you can onion you can think of. That oh, that's yeah. what it's gonna be. And then maybe just like vinegar. I don't like the smell of vinegar. I don't really mind the taste, I guess, but I don't like the smell. It'd probably smell like vinegar, tastes like onions, and I don't even know. I just really hate onions. So Okay, okay well, two kinds of onions then and vinegar. That that'd be that would be a gross sandwich. Maybe like pickles, <laughs> and like really, really drenched in vinegar, like something pickled, pickled things. Okay. No offense, people that like pickled things, but I just don't really, it doesn't. I, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I, I avoid pickled things there. So why, why is this easy? So this is, you definitely would not want to eat that. Is that where you're getting it? It's partly that, but also like, I do have like a guilty pleasure for trash TV. Mm. I have actually, I was into the bachelor franchise. I have cut that off and I mm. think my heart is open to a new show. Like I have some friends that are actually very into real housewives and it, I would be definitely open to just watching it. Um, if not simply just to like, to have that conversation topic. And there's part of me that's like, feels like if I can make myself like real housewives, then like I can really like anything. And like, that makes me a better person in some strange way. Nice. Nice. Okay. Well, I, I like your approach there. So let me just throw in one more then. Uh, of all the things we just discussed, uh, if you threw all eight of them into one bag and, and had to pick one out, which one would it be that you would do? I think explaining the channel to five-year-olds <laughs> like, have the most benefit to me long-term. I'd walk out of that and be like, okay, I know how to market this. <laughs> That's enough. If you can explain it to five-year-olds, then you could probably explain it to anyone. That, that'd be great. Career oh. career motivation, moving up the ladder. Oh, yeah. I think so. Yeah, I love that. Well, Craig, my friend. Fun. this uh, was a fun one. You you enjoyed that? Yeah, this one made me think. I think, and I think it. I, what I like is it probably made the audience think, too. Yeah, well, hopefully. You know, hopefully they got something out of it. At least that's, that's our goal, even with our silly stuff, is, that, you know, if they can get one little morsel out of it, then uh, get them thinking, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I think they did. You know, if they're still listening. Did you did you just yawn? Am I boring you? I did. I, I thought... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really interesting, right? Here. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. All right, why don't we get to some uh, actually something that's interesting. And, uh, you know, I want to talk a little bit about Tolaris here, right? I mean, we talked about them, uh, I believe it was on the last podcast or the, or the one prior because of their big acquisition of TCG. But you were actually at the Tolaris Partner Summit. So I think it's worth talking about again. You want, you want to set this up? Yeah, as you said, Craig, we covered that, that TCG acquisition um, fairly recently. And then I was in Salt Lake City talking to partners, suppliers, and, and, and Tolaris people. And I had a really nice sit-down conversation with Patrick Oborn from Tolaris. And we, uh, we had a really good, really good conversation. He was amped up. You can hear that in the audio. This conversation about the future of this model, I did a little story that was also about this, the future of the agent as well as the, the TSB partner models and, and where those are moving. And so, uh, yeah, check it out. No, I love that. Patrick is a very energetic guy. It's kind of like when when you're on coffee, you know, and that's a good thing. I'm saying that's a really good thing. 
No, I, I feel like today I am doing my best to, to channel uh, Patrick O'Born today. To channel him? No pun intended. Oh, I meant it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do it. Hey everybody, I'm very happy to be here in Salt Lake City at the Tolaris Partner Summit. I'm joined today by Patrick O'Born, Chief Product Officer at Tolaris. Patrick, how are you today? I'm great, James. How you doing, man? Welcome to uh, Partner Summit. Thanks for coming out. Oh, my pleasure. So glad to be here. These have been really good conversations, and I mean, we've been talking for the last 20 minutes, so I'm I'm excited to kind of go through some of those highlights with you. Um, I, I'd like to start with this this topic of you were saying earlier that that, that the TSBs are in an evolution in the way they're understood, you know, perhaps formerly known as a, a contract vehicle. Right. Tell me about that evolution, that perception, how those things are changing. Yeah, well, really our job is to service the needs of our technology advisors. Their needs are also shifting and moving. You know, we, we heard from Paul Jarman, the CEO of NYCX1 today, and he talked a lot about understanding where the puck is going so that you can then start making preparations so that you can get there when the puck arrives. So for for the end user, for the customers themselves, you know, they're they're a lot more digitally inclined to to interact with companies. And when I say digitally inclined, I mean go to their website, go to their social media page, go to their Twitter feed, um, maybe click on that chat window. Um, less than 21% of the people are going to call the toll-free number. Back in the old days, that used to be 100%. So that's a dramatic shift in technology. So it's not just a prem to cloud kind of thing. This is a whole new way to interact with customers. So the providers are building and investing billions of dollars, creating software to help that experience. And and, and the last thing that, that uh, Mr. Jarman said was, that really stuck out with me, is that that whole understanding of how to create that experience using all of this new technology that gets created is a, is a greenfield opportunity for consultants. And consultants, the C word, it's, it's, it's kind of the magic word in the industry. Like how do you take people who maybe back in the day used to be really concerned with price arbitrage and, and brokering and really you know, making the client's life easier but not really adding real value in terms of strategic value to the business. So now we're getting away from infrastructure and pricing and getting into like the nuts and bolts of how companies operate and how they interact with their partners or their customers and how they can take those interactions and turn them into strategic advantages to take market share away. Like that's really the ultimate goal of any business is to take share, to grow your business and take share from your competitors. That's really where this technology, and I wouldn't even call it infrastructure anymore. This is where this new technology that by and large didn't really exist 10, maybe even five years in the past. So here all of us are, we're in a world where we're all, we're all faced with new challenges, with new technologies that fix those challenges. So understanding the customer's world and then understanding how our advisors are gonna get in there and add value to those, those partners. We as TSBs have to also evolve and go where that puck is headed. So figure out what, what, what solutions are gonna be sold, what are the different considerations and how um, to create best practices for the end users, communicate those best practices to the, to the advisors. So the advisors really become more, instead of trusted advisors or technology advisors, they become more consultants. 
and really get on the lines of, you know, the big SIs out there, you know, um, the Deloitte's and those type of folks. And, and, and how do we do that as TSBs? Like, so that really creates a big evolutionary, I'll call it opportunity for us to rethink what we do for partners, to go from contract vehicles and commission and with maybe, you know, minimal or, or, or frontline basic support and get them to the role where they can have a, a, a software tool that uh, they can take customer facing and create an actual um, uh, professional assessment of the customer's cybersecurity posture, of the person's uh, cloud infrastructure uh, posture, and, and go into all aspects of the business, but in, a, in an automated way. Then bring on the back of that some very expensive and very technologically uh, gifted people that can go lock arms with the partner and really go into those 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 conversations adding a lot of technical background color that most customers love to hear because customers need to run their businesses they don't have the time to go out and spend three years to get a CISSP certification and, and all of that stuff and then um, to educate those partners on all the different technologies that can be right we're, we're like at a Lego convention we, we, we want to you know kind of parade around what some of these Legos could look like because that's how you unlock people's imagination if you just pour Legos all over the floor all they're gonna see is just a bunch of Legos on the floor but if you bring in a Lego you know master builder you know not to steal a line from the movie uh, and they create some some castles and they create some some fire departments and they create some city halls and they create some um, you know, World War II type type tanks with the Legos. Like your your mind starts to become unlocked to seeing what that could actually look like, and I think that's incredibly impactful to help with our partners to, to just bring that education uh, to figure out what the Legos could look like. And then, uh, last but not least, there's there's a financing element. Um, our partners are increasingly facing um, liquidity challenges. It's not that they're not earning enough money, but when there is a, a an opportunity that, that that comes across their their plate, they may require large amounts of, of 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 cash in a very short amount of time to seize that opportunity. And that opportunity can could have many faces. It could be an opportunity to hire somebody. It could be an opportunity to maybe grab a, a million dollar you know um, commercial spot for half a million dollars or whatever that that situation may look like could even be buying out a partner who really has you know done a great job for the business but's ready to exit how do you exit a partner out when you're earning residual commissions without splitting that residual indefinitely and that's not you know very appealing to a, a lot of partners so so whether it's 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 creating tools for them software or whether it's bringing in experts you know almost like a an outsourced um, um, employee type type of a scenario, a staff augmentation scenario, um, or it's an educational scenario, or a financial scenario. Like those are all very different things. Like TSBs did not do that. Like they're, they're what really, the brochure back in the day was, you know, pay me commissions, give me a good pass through, give me access to, to providers that I don't produce enough volume to work with directly. That was the, that was the stick. And, and nowadays it's really helping people take a two, three, four-man shop and making them appear as if they're a 40-man shop to the end user um, just because of their their depth and breadth of knowledge because of the tools they bring to the table and and, and everything else and so you know the, the TSB in, in and of itself is under a dramatic state of evolution it's gonna be very few that I think can can make those investments a lot of those investments don't only require capital they require time to execute 
um, Tolaris is really, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of our leadership team that has had the foresight to continue to invest those dollars for so many years, 20 years straight. Um, we've put the overwhelming majority of profits back into the business. And now it shows. But it takes takes time to see um, profits and, and results from a lot of those investments. It takes a lot of faith. It takes a lot of um, research to figure out, is this the right place? Is this where the puck is going? And so it's just been a, a tremendous ride. Um, the ride's not over yet. Um, there will be more things in the future that we need to provide. You know, we've in the past just uh, recently uh, created uh, uh, project management teams to help not only close these these complex deals, but to create a plan to get them installed properly. We've created account management or we call it customer success teams um, that are here to do customer um, service slash upselling on behalf of our partners under their brand. And these are all things that we've kind of set back. Um, we're not from this industry, which really I think helps us because we can look um, at what's going on through a clear pane of glass and, and find problems that, that our partners are, are going to face and, and challenges that they're going to um, undertake and, and start creating, um, again, products, uh, software, and programs to help them um, overcome those challenges so that when those challenges present themselves, they're not, they're not caught empty-handed. So very long-winded answer, James, to a very easy question, but the evolution is going to continue, and some are going to keep up, and some are going to fall, fall behind, and, or, or just opt to just change their model completely and say, look, we, we, we don't offer those services, um, but we'll you know, make it up to you by just passing through more commission to you. So we, we think there'll be, you know, some of those uh, business models that evolve and that will attract a, a certain type of partner that, that may have all these resources themselves and, and kudos to them for investing in those things. We think that the overwhelming majority of people will not want to go invest in all those things knowing that the TSB can then offer them to them as a service. So so the, the thing that remains paramount in the industry, the things that the TSBs can never do for the partner remain establish those relationships with customers. That is 100% the trusted uh, or the technology advisor shop. We will never ever supplant that. We will come behind them. We will work under their brand. We will do work on their behalf, but we will never be, you know, the the lead singer in the band. That's 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 their job. Uh, building those relationships, making sure those customers feel like they're just, you know, the only customer that 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 advisor has ever worked with. Um, that's really the key component. Everything else, it's really on the table for outsourcing to TSBs now. And I think that we're finally in a position to be able to offer that with with relative confidence and um, and and zeal. We're 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 excited to uh, to be in that position. It's an exciting time. Awesome. I'm curious to to hear sort of. We're talking a lot about uh, partners exiting their business and maybe a new generation coming along. Um, are there cultural shifts you're seeing in the agents, the, the technology advisors that, that work with Tolaris? Uh, yes and no. Yes, in the sense that um, some partners, in spite of the educational resources, in spite of the tools, they feel like they've had a good run. You know, I've built, I built a good business. Maybe it was a lifestyle business. Um, I'm making good money. Um, what's, what's my end game? Well, you could kind of branch off in a few areas. Number one is to continue to evolve, to invest in your education, keep, keep on, keep riding the horse, so to speak. 
um, that the TSB provides, or not evolving and, and, and you know coming to grips with the fact that my business is where it is. It's gonna attrit over time. Um, customers are gonna you know renew for lower rates, or they're gonna you know disappear to another provider or whatever. My my commission will eventually die. Maybe I use that as my retirement. Maybe I just cash those checks until they stop coming. Um, or maybe I do something in the middle. Maybe I come in and um, outsource that that maintenance aspect of the business to Tolaris. Uh, put it in a a customer success program where we can get in and renew things, keep them going as long as possible, and even upsell into them, and maybe even grow that base over time. Maybe that's my retirement plan. Or maybe I bring in, um, and we've seen this too, uh, bring in a family member. Maybe it's a child. Maybe it's a you know, someone else that's close to them, and have have a TSB like Tolaris run the customer success part of the, part of the business and have the person come in and, and run the relationship aspect of the business and maintain those relationships that their their father, whoever, introduces them to. Um, word of mouth is important. Um, usually those people who've been in the business a long time have a good reputation. You bring in a kid and you can kind of keep that reputation thing alive and and really keep the, the customer success management kind of in the background where Tolaris can help with that. Or they just may say, you know what? Um, I'm going to go, you know, sell my house, sell, sell all my stuff, sell my business, and I'm going to take all that money and I'm going to put it into some type of retirement uh, program that I'm, I'm, I'm building for myself. So um, and, and Tolaris can also help with that. We provide liquidity to people that, that want to do that. We have other partners that we work with in our federation of other companies that we work with in this, in this community where maybe that's even a better fit. And we're, we're happy to um, create those create those relationships to make those introductions and make sure that the partner ultimately ends up in the right place. And so, you know, to your point, you know, TSBs used to be all about, you know, contracts and, and commissions. And now we're into financial planning, right? We have a legal team here at Solaris to help people. And now we're talking about retirement advice <laughs> and, and, and helping people find the right outcome for their, them themselves as well as, you know, the right outcome for their customers, obviously. So yeah, a very, very different picture, but, but now we've learned to, to be able to add value and, and, and we love having those conversations. A thought that's coming to mind for me as you're talking about what, uh, how, how a partner's expectation or, or understanding of the TSBs is shifting. Is there a, a flip side to that of how the vendor, the supplier community may be viewing the TSBs in a different way or their expectations may be changing? Are you able to tackle that topic at all? Um, yeah, I think so too. And I think this also dovetails in with the element of consolidation that's happening in this industry. You know, I've been talking to several vendors here at Partner Summit about that. And and many of them are, are pretty happy. They're like, look, I don't have to sponsor, you know, 16, you know, partner summits a year. I can sponsor Tolaris and I can get access to Chorus. I can get access to TCG. I can get access to Tolaris. I can get access to all these people that used to all kind of, you know, come with their handout and looking looking for support. So it's not only money, it's travel, it's time away from family. So they can now get to more partners um, with a more consolidated focus spend. Um, same thing on the day-to-day logistics of the business. Tolaris can now, with with the um, with the benefit of scale, they can support a lot more partners. We can we can afford to spend a lot more money on software now, because it makes sense to spend money on software when you have 8,000 partners versus 4,000 versus 1,000. 
So as the economies of scales happen, I think the value that we provide to suppliers in the terms of of, of assisting those partners, um, giving them engineering resources, giving them Solution View, for example, um, Solution View replaces um, a discovery call. Right. So now you have 8,000 people that can do a automated discovery call, and then the supplier will, can get pulled into an opportunity. So really that that half of the sales cycle has now been taken care of through the TSB. Now the vendors can get, call it warmer leads, more qualified leads. Their time is better optimized. Their close rate is higher. They look good to their boss. So we think that that chain of value really cascades up to them as well, for sure. Love that. Love that. Um, any parting words you have for uh, the attendees here or any, any partners that are uh, listening to this? Oh, yeah. Guys, it's a very exciting time to be in this business um, as things grow more complex. Um, it makes the end user customer's journey easier, more streamlined. Those interactions help companies make more money. They help take market share. That is what that is what companies need. And that doesn't rely on IT. Like that's marketing, that's sales, like that's so many or, uh, other elements of these companies, organizations, and and that element alone is creating a massive opportunity for for technology advisors to come in and consult. And as you guys, you know, take a step back and you know look at the TSB community out there, like really have an eye for the tools and, and enablement that enables you to become a consultant. The consulting is the holy grail. Um, consulting is going to be, um, Adam mentioned this this in his opening statement at, at Partner Summit, it's $900 uh, million opportunity. So we're approaching billion dollars now um, of people making money giving advice, okay? There's a billion dollars of advice to be given. We think a lot of it um, can and should be given by the partners that are out there in this industry. And um, we're here at Tolaris, we're, we, we're very blessed. We, we feel very appreciative of the people who have chosen to use us. Um, if you've chosen to use another TSB, that's, that's fantastic. Um, I think that the whole consulting um, transition benefits everybody a billion dollars that's a lot of money for a lot of people out there we we would prefer to pull that money away from um, Accenture and Deloitte and those folks um, and put it in the hands of people that work with you know the big TSBs and uh, and and that work in this industry so I think it's a very exciting time um, I don't think you know in the 20 years we've been doing this business that the opportunity has ever been larger I mean, yeah, it was exciting when Network was there, and it was exciting when MPLS came out. It was exciting, right, when SD-WAN replaced that. It was exciting when UCAS started taking over from, from Prem Phone Systems. But, man, um, the, the amount of money that people spend on their software, their SaaS, their digital infrastructure, it's, it's unbelievably massive. So the big opportunity. Um, and, um, again, we're just we're, we're grateful to be here. We, we would invite anyone listening to this to give us a call if you'd just like to talk. Um, you don't necessarily have to be uh, a Tolaris partner if you want to just bounce some ideas off of what your retirement plan is. If you want to bounce some ideas off what your your hiring program looks like, you, what your HR looks like, um, what your what your legal agreement should look like. We we have teams in here. It's like a community of it's like a it's a fair of services. So a lot a lot to unpack there, but um, it's just you know in short, it's it's it, we've never been more excited. Wonderful. Well, thanks for sharing that, Patrick. It was really a good conversation. No, thank you so much, James. Take care, man. A pleasure to be here today. Okay, James. Uh, very well done again. I appreciate it. It seems like you've been taking on the brunt of some of these interviews uh, this summer. I appreciate it. Of course, you've been out traveling and doing this and that, and uh, 
getting some great conversations in. Well, Craig, you were very kind to let me go to Dolaris. You kind of had a, you kind of been the point person for that event the last couple of years. Very kind of you to let me head out there and, and, and kind of soak that up. It was really fun. I really enjoy it. So it was a good time. Yeah, they put on a good event. It's always very well organized. They have the awards night, the dinner. Uh, that's a special time for a lot of the vendor partners and the channel partners uh, who work with them. So it's, uh, it's a cool event. I, I like going to that. And they used to have it, you know, up in Deer Valley every year in Utah, but they've sort of moved it around a lot and they, they kind of came back home this time. So I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah, it was good stuff. Thanks to Patrick for that. And, and you know what? There's going to be some other shows that we'll be at later this year. So, uh, you know, it's been kind of Tolaris heavy lately, but we're going to get some other heavy hitters on there. Just you wait. Yeah, it's a busy uh, summer and fall here for events, so uh, we're, we're going to have some more for sure. In fact, we've got our own Edward Gately in Las Vegas at the Black Hat USA event. We might have to twist his arm to get us an interview so we can have the return of... Where in the world is... Edward Gately. One of my favorite segments, as well as segment intros of all time. <laughs> All right, if you'd like to check out the archive of Coffee with Craig and James, you can find us just about anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, of course, we'd love it if you join us on the... <laughs> That's channelfeatures.com. Thanks for joining us so much, everybody. We'll leave you with more music from 2014. From James Anderson and Craig A., I wish you a wonderful day. <laughs> love that. Sing it out.